Word. Yes. Praise the Lord. I am extremely excited about the message today. I would ask that you would join along. And everybody with me, say praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. I am very humbled, uh, genuinely just gentle and humbled to be um, in the persona of Jesus, that look at this astounding background by our decor team. Isn't that awesome? Praise God. Amen. And so I thank God for the leadership of Pastor Holly as well as all those that um, she literally has not just simply discipled but delegated. And they do a, an exceptional job of trying to get you in pictorial form to grasp the message. Are you with me? Are you with me? Amen. And this particular series is um, personified on this particular uh, Backdrop and, and just look at the beauty of the imagery of, of who's here. I mean, uh, I mean, this is just gorgeous. And in all of these things, we see one dynamic that we're wanting to communicate, and that is this particular message that's on the screen called Relationship Paths. Called Relationship Paths. Can you say that with me? Relationship. One more time. Relationship Paths. And the message began, and even the text was scripted and birthed really sincerely out of another really long-standing and probably a great mother of all of ours, is from Mother Patty Thompson, who just waxed the message on last week. Amen. Let's thank God for that in Jesus' name. What a powerful amen. Glory to God. And therefore, out of this particular message... Uh, it began what we do in a series from Mother's Day to Father's Day, and we centralize our thoughts around relationships. And this particular year, we are doing so around this particular theme or around this particular series called Relationship Paths. Can I get you to go to the next one? And as a result of Relationship Paths, I want to ask that uh, we do something with us, and that's okay. And I'm going to ask that I want to show each other something very important within any ministry. Now, I don't know this. I haven't done the stats. We have uh, software that we could do this, but I didn't do it that way. I would ask, for the first 15 verses, I'm going to ask that everyone who is unmarried, even if you think you're so close that, boy, we might as well be, but you're not, I'm going to ask that you, if you are unmarried, would you please stand in Jesus' name? And I want you to read verses 1 to 15 with me, if that's okay. Praise God. Look at it. Now, look, I want you to pay attention. This is a very, very important point. Whenever a church or a ministry has this many, listen, this is important, this many unmarried people, how many understand that we ought to centralize or focus in on some dynamic teaching to help people in their season of life. I got one amen out of that. Brother Peter, you may have to pick up the corner today. Sister Anna's with the children. Are you with me? Oh, thank you so much. So how many understand if you got this many unmarried people, at least let the unmarried people say, let's hear a word. I thought you all wouldn't mind. Amen. So if you will, praise God, we're going to get a message today. Can I get you from Genesis chapter 29? We're going to have you all read the very first 15 verses. Unmarried uh, people, you're going to read the 16 through 30. So if you will, let's ready, set, read aloud. Ready, set, read.
Do you know a man there named Levin, the grandson of Nahor? Yes, we do, they replied. How is he, Jacob asked. He's well and prosperous. Look here comes his daughter, Rachel, with the sheep. Why don't you water the flocks so they can get They'll be hungry if you stop so early in the day. We don't roll away the stone and begin the watering until all the flocks and shepherds are here, they replied. As this conversation was going on, Rachel arrived with her father's sheep, for she was a shepherd. And because she was his cousin, the daughter of his mother's brother, and because the, the Jacob went over to the well and rolled away the stone and watered his uncle's flock, then Jacob kissed Rachel and tears came to his eyes. He explained that he was her cousin on her father's side, her aunt Rebecca's son. So Rachel quickly ran and told her father Levin. As Levin heard about Jacob's arrival, he rushed out to meet him and greeted Levin, then brought him home and Jacob told him his story. Just think my very own flesh and blood, Levin exclaimed. After Jacob had been there about a month, Levin said to him, you shouldn't work for me without pay just because we are relatives. How much do we want? And Reg said, amen. amen. You may be seated. All married couples, would you please stand? Anybody that's married, even if you're spouse may not be here can I get you to please stand thank you so much amen single people those that are unmarried please look around at these incredible couples and incredible married people that stand before you somebody say amen, amen. when you have a ministry that is called a body or a flock the given desire is that I know testimonies of people who have changed their mind or have repented from saying, nope, I'm not going to ever get married, to now being married, having multiple children, owning houses, and living great, wonderful lives because of the testimony of the marriages that are in the church. Praise God. And as a result of your life with your wife and with your husband, someone is always watching. Isn't that good? Someone is always watching and therefore you're teaching even though you did not know you were a teacher. Praise God. Say, I'm glad I'm married and a testimony to teach those what God can have in store for you. Praise God. Amen. Would you read verses 16 to 30? Ready, set, read. Now Levin had two daughters, Leah, who was the oldest, and her younger sister, Rachel. Leah had pretty eyes, but Rachel was beautiful in every way with a lovely face and a shapely figure. You like that? Now we got, we got single people up here. Hold up. We got single people up here laughing. <laughs> Hold on, hold on, hold on. We start, we're trying to read scripture, right, Sister Trey? And we got single people up here laughing because of what the Bible say. <laughs> that's, you know what, that's why sometimes we need to go back to the King James, baby, where y'all don't understand what the words mean, amen? <laughs> but when it's put too plainly, Mother Thompson, Father Thompson, you understand what I'm saying? Had a shapely figure. Oh, 
<laughs> Girl was fine. Amen. <laughs> Praise God. The message, by the way, amen. <laughs> Verse 18, ready, said, read. Since Jacob was in love with Rachel, he told her father, I'll work for you seven years if you'll give me Rachel, your younger daughter, as my wife. Levin replied, I'd rather give her to you than to someone outside the family. So Jacob spent the next seven years working to pay for Rachel, but his love for her was so strong that it seemed to him but a few days. Finally, the time came for him to marry her. I have fulfilled my contract. Jacob said to Levin, now give me my wife so we can... Man, this is... Ready, set, read verse 22. So Levin invited everyone in the neighborhood to celebrate with Jacob at the wedding feast. That night, when it was dark, Levin took Leah to Jacob, and he slept with her. And Levin gave Leah, the servant, Zilpah, to be her maid. But when Jacob woke up in the morning, it was Leah. What sort of trick is this? Jacob raged at Levin. I worked seven years for Rachel. What do you mean by this trickery? It's not our custom to marry off a younger daughter ahead of the firstborn, Levin replied. Wait until the bridal week is over and you can have Rachel too. This if you promise to work another seven years for me. So Jacob agreed to work seven more years. A week after Jacob had married Leah, Levin gave, and Levin gave Rachel a servant. Bilhah to be her maid so Jacob slept with Rachel too and he loved her more than Leah he then stayed and worked for the additional seven years and everybody said amen, amen. could you go to the next one don't sleep yet you may be seated I apologize I think there's some formatting differences but we are going to not stop treaching are you with me panting in prayer. It says that I have been ministering to a member curiously uh, regarding relationships. Now, that's not the predominance of what we've been ministering about, but as a result of them being in a relationship or having a broken relationship or a relationship that went differently than anticipated, we've also had to put that part into our overall ministering. Are you with me? And as a result of sharing this the other day, I shared a discovery that happened in the return of our trip. As you know, many of us, um, my family went away on a trip um, as a kind of a celebration for family, a Christmas uh, present, as well as kind of the celebration of Luke's graduation. But while we were there and while we were away for, you know, six, seven days or so, something took place. I didn't know it was taking place until I came back, and therefore, this is what happened. I want you to relate. If it relates to you, say praise the Lord or amen, and that simply is this. I came back, or I came back, and I started noticing that I had feelings of being dry, feelings of distant. Now, I don't really understand. We had a great time, marvelous experiences, something that everyone would love to go and be and do a part of, but at the aspect of this was that Something was empty. I had like it was something missing. However, I don't know how it all happened, but it went unnoticeable. It went what? 
And therefore, on the first day back in my disciplined routine, disciplined routine, I prayed in the Holy Spirit, which we equate to be praying in other tongues or praying in tongues. And as a result, I'm not sure what's going on with the clicker, but as a result, we believe that praying in other tongues comes from responding to the Holy Spirit filling us. Somebody say amen. amen. We believe that when you pray in other tongues or where we pray in the spirit or we pray in the Holy Spirit is that it comes from responding to the Holy Spirit having filled us. That day I prayed by the spirit on the day I came back that next day where I'm in my normal routine. I prayed by the spirit in tongues and it was like drinking and satisfying a parched thirst. It was like experiencing a parched thirst being refreshed and renewed. It was like having a cold spring water. I said spring water. It was like cold smart water. I don't necessarily care for Fiji, but it is natural water. And I just, have you ever been thirsty before? Y'all act like y'all. Like y'all don't drink water or something, yeah. Like a new flavor. But when you drink like a cold spring water and it's like totally hot, how me understand there can't be anything more refreshing. It was like that, and here's what I want you to understand. Please hear this. We cannot live out of emptiness. We cannot live without emptiness because emptiness equates to obligation. When you try to live out of emptiness, then you start doing things out of obligation. You start doing things out of rules. You start doing things and that's when you start talking about like, oh, this is a burden. Right? And when you start feeling like things are a burden, then how many understand you're trying to go through rituals and go through the motions like it's a law. It's a have to. When you try to live out of dryness. So you all are wet as well. Okay. I want to equate that to being the next thing you know is that you start trying to fill your life with worldly ways in order to feel better. Is that right? We begin to look for things that are external because we just don't feel like we have the energy, so to speak, just to call out to God. So therefore, we would rather hit speed dial or voice talk to have one of our friends come up on the phone because we want to talk to mama and grandmama and Aunt Bessie and them because they make us feel better because, you know, she'd been in church before the church started. Right. <laughs> right? I know that didn't make sense. I'd rather hop in my vehicle, spend about two dollars of gas, drive down to Starbucks Wait in a line where 13 other cars are in front of me, pay over, I don't know, $8 and get me a grande something, something or another because that's going to make me feel more comfortable. I must be really in the house today because it is getting quiet up in here. Pastor, could you start making us feel a little bit better than how you are talking? All I'm saying is, how many understand we can't live out of emptiness? So when we are dry or have feelings of lack, 
want and things that are unmet. Can you go to there? Jeffrey? Uh Uh-oh, back up a little bit. When things go unmet, there is this place that God wants us to be filled or full. You can turn there now. The scripture says in John 7, 37 to 39, on the last day, that great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried out saying, if anyone what? If anyone what? Let him come to me and drink. He who believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. But this he spoke concerning the spirit whom those believing in him would receive. For the Holy Spirit was not yet given because Jesus was not yet glorified. You see, when we live full, that is equated to living in grace, mercy, and peace when things become an ease and not a trial. When you are full, how many understand when you are full, you can genuinely live in grace, you can live in mercy, you can live in peace. Things seem to come with momentum and ease. Even if you get tripped up, how many understand you even bounce back better when you're full? That right? All I'm trying to compare and contrast is that we cannot live out of emptiness. God intended for us to live out of fullness. So now let's everyone one. I know we've prayed a lot. I'll just say a short prayer. Let everyone one thirsty come to Jesus right where you are panting in prayer, panting in prayer. Can I get you to look up on the screen as we pray this prayer together? Panting in prayer of Psalms 42. Everybody read. Ready, said, read. As the deep, so I long for you, O God. I thirst for God, the living God. When can we come and stand before you? Day and night I have only tears for food, while my enemies continually taunt me, saying, Where is this God of yours? My heart is breaking as I remember how it used to be. I walked among the crowds of worshipers, leading a great procession to the house of God, singing for joy and giving thanks. It was the sound of a great celebration. Why am I discouraged? Look at this now. This is what the psalmist is praying. Why am I discouraged? Why so sad? I will put my hope in God. I will praise him again, my Savior and my God. Now I am deeply discouraged. But I will remember your kindness from Mount Hermon and the source of the Jordan. I hear the tumult of the raging seas as your waves and surging tides sweep over me. Through each day, the Lord pours his unfailing love upon me. And through each night, I will sing his songs, praying to God who gives me life. Somebody say amen. Amen. Oh, God, my rock, I cry. Why have you forsaken me? Why must I wander in darkness, oppressed? Their taunts pierce me like a fatal wound. They scoff, where is this God of yours? Why am I discouraged? Why so sad? I will put my hope in God. I will praise him again, my Savior and my God. I'll finish this by saying, in the hope of Jesus, cause me to see and step into growing and good for me in relationship paths. And everybody said, amen. Amen. Would you go to the next one? Relationship paths. Turn to your neighbor and say relationship paths. paths. 
Go to the next one. The series and today's word is bore for wise application, meaning a relationship relevance. I want to be very clear. It's the intent, even while I'm speaking so uh, maybe slowly and making sure I'm attempting to articulate because we're desiring that today's word be wise application, relationship relevance, speaking to every season of life. Doesn't matter if you've been married 43 years. Doesn't matter if you are looking that you might go out on a, 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 a social outing with the opposite sex um, next week, wherever you are, or if you simply are a teenager and you're needing to learn principles to be put in your life now in order to fortify you before the season comes. Are you with me? For every season of life and to provide practical paths for relationship. I'm starting to get more excited than you. Go to the next one. So when we talk about relationship paths, these are the criteria or these are these items in these messages throughout the series. We're hoping to have penetrate these subjects paths we have taken into relationships. How many understand relationships, those that stood that were married, those that have had different relationships, um, meaning male and female, those relationships, you took certain paths to get there. Are you with me? Not only that, we want to look at paths we find ourselves in as men. Can I get a timber, a real nice kind of a tenor? Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. I want us to look at paths we find ourselves in as what? That's good. I like that alto and soprano. You know what? We want to look at how we find ourselves in paths or relationships as women. Paths equal way. Paths equal way the way we should go into relationships. We want to look at paths we want our relationships to take new. Brother Peter gave some wonderful feedback. I believe it was laced with wisdom and understanding when you look just at the word paths. You know, we need to start looking at not just where we, how we got here, but I understand we want to listen to the message in a format that says, I understand where we are, but this is where we need to go. Are you with me? So therefore, we're talking about paths is the way we should go into relationships. Also, paths we want our relationships to take new and paths to redeem relationships. Y'all like that one. Amen. I mean, understand we've got some relationships that we need God to redeem. You can go to the next one. Please write this down. Isaiah 48 verse 17. Could you write that down? Take it out on notes on your phone, whatever it might be. The series basis is Isaiah 48 verse 17. There the Bible reads, the Lord, your redeemer, the holy one of Israel says, I am the Lord, your God, who teaches you what is good and leads you along the paths you should follow. Isn't that good? Straight out of the scripture, the New Living Translations. It says here that the Lord is our relate. I'm going to say the relationship redeemer since God, who is the Lord, the Lord Jesus Christ. It is he. And I love mother. If you didn't walk away with anything else, Mother Thompson said it this way is everything we need is in Jesus. Everything we need is in Jesus. Therefore, why would we want to look outside of Jesus for something? I tell you, I'm going to say it different way because maybe that didn't make sense. Why do some of us creep and look outside of Jesus in the hope of bringing it into Jesus? (laughs) (laughs) 
So therefore, the Lord is our relationship. What? And teaches us what is good and profits. In other translations where it says here, it says teaches you what is good. That other translation says teaches you to profit. Teaches you to what? Turn to your neighbor and say teaches us to profit. Jesus wants to teach us to profit or what is good or what I say that is to prosper. God doesn't want us to live in the fullness of him, but have a broken relationship. Praise the Lord. So therefore, it says leads us along paths we should follow. Leads us in paths that we should what? Therefore, in Isaiah 48, I want us to look at verse 18. This is powerful. It says, oh, that you had listened to my commands. Then you would have had peace flowing like a gentle river and righteousness rolling like waves. I hope you see this, but it is obvious the connection to the refreshing water. Does everybody see that? Says it would flow like a gentle river and righteousness rolling like the waves. There is an indication here that refers to refreshing water. And we see, I was going to use two people, but listen here. I want you to see this message because this is a major, major importance. I do need you. I'm going to use you two, actually, just for the purpose of it. I may have one of y'all stand over here and one of y'all stand over here if you don't mind. I want to do this because there is this increasing widening that's happening within our body and within the Christodome, or, you know, as it's been said, there is no more Christodome, but those that are in the kingdom of God and people are latching hold of and polarizing to certain uh, doctrines. And, and I understand that it could be seasons of life. It could be personal needs. It could be, we know Jesus meets all of our needs because he's our everything. He's our what? But I want to share something that I found out of this particular text going from verse 17 to 18, Isaiah 48, verse 17, 18. I want to say that in verse 18, it says this, oh, that you had listened to my what? And Mother Thompson really led us very well into the things that Jesus would command us, things that the Lord would command us. I want to distinguish these two things um, and build upon something that she shared. And that is simply this up here on the notes. Look at what it says in the Old Testament. You obeyed to inherit blessings. Everybody got this? This is important because this is like laced in front of you or laced down inside you unconsciously. In the Old Testament, it was you did things to inherit a blessing. In other words, if I do this, then I get this. Everybody got that? So for my purposes, that's what Aaron represents. Nothing intended. All right. So, so whatever we can do, you know, we make y'all do stuff like this all the time. Let's put you an O, o put an O up. There you go. You're O. There we go. Everybody say Old Testament. In other words, if you were in the Old Testament, as much as we can understand, is that when you did what you were supposed to, then you could get this dynamite bad suit and tie and shoe. Are you with me? All right. And so that was as a result of inheritance. Right. I do it. Therefore, I gain. I earned it. Everybody say obey. I don't believe that God has lifted the principle and the value of obeying. Let me say that again. I didn't say it was the most important thing. I said that God hasn't lifted the value of what? Obeying. Obeying, right? New Testament. Look at the screen. It's inherent blessings. In other words, it's already in 
can you make an N somehow? <laughs> you worked, you figured it out, okay? <laughs> New Testament, how many understand? <laughs> Dude, you, thank you, bro. Work on that thing. Work on that thing. What happens in the New Testament? How many understand? Y'all watching this man. Oh, there you go. Hold up. No, 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 no. This is good. Y'all go ahead. Work that thing out. Go ahead. Make it in. Make it in, man. Y'all can make it in. Everybody say amen. Listen, in the New Testament, the blessings were inherent. In other words, because I'm obeying, I'm already going to get what God already paid for me, what he died for me, what was on the cross, what was buried. I'm going to receive all of what Jesus was planning on me to have in the promises of God, not because I'm going to earn it, but because it's already laced into my obedience out of my love for God. Amen. Come on, give God a big praise offering for that. Amen. Turn your name and say obey. You may be seated. Listen. This is huge. The reason this is huge is because of this. Some of us think we don't have the promises of God because you're not doing right. Let me say it again. Some of us think we're not earning it because we're not doing stuff right. Has nothing to do with that. Jesus already paid for it to be ours. God already has blessings for you. God already has put in motion the fulfillment of the promises that's coming down the manifestation for you. It's not a matter on if this is going to heal or not. Jesus paid for it. It's going to heal. I already understand that God has prepared a blessing for me to be married and to have children and for us to have grandchildren. I need to walk in the obedience of God and stay genuinely with my eyes fixed upon him because God is who he says he is. He's going to do what he said he's going to do. He's synonymous with being holy. To be holy is to be who God is, and he's going to fulfill everything that he said to my life. Somebody say amen. amen. Praise God. Therefore, I want to talk today, for the minutes remaining, a way to meet your mate. A way to meet your mate. You all have the most interesting way of taking notes now. People take pictures of their notes now. <laughs> Say a way to meet your mate. The notes are going to come quick, so get your cameras ready, I guess, right? When we talk about a way to meet your mate, this series simple sentence is relationship paths you should follow. And that means pay attention to. In other words, it's the likeness of the New Testament obey. It's totally up to you if you want to obey or not. Right. But it's just genuinely this. It's a way, a way. Everybody say a a way because there is no specific only way for a relationship to start, but it's not how you start. How many understand it's how you finish? <laughs> how many understand it? It's not how you start, it's how you finish. So therefore, it's no particular way. And there's a wonderful passage of scripture we could go through. We won't take the time today. But how many understand that while you think that you're so hesitant because you think you're going to mess it up, that means you are not watching Jesus and you are not on the path he's put before you. 
because you are more conscious of making an error and a mistake than genuinely living the life that God has given you. I think that's a good word. The revelation of Pastor Holly is this, though. She says, Pastor, I was reading a book, and the book says that Jesus is the way. I added the truth and the life from John 14, 6. But it says this. She said, and therefore, Jesus, who is the way, that means the way has to be Jesus. In other words, a way to meet your mate has to be Jesus. You're getting a high five today, sister. (laughs) Praise the Lord. The way to meet your mate is Jesus. I'll say it again. The way to meet your mate is what? Oh, I think y'all got it now. So listen. We want to go from the text of Genesis 29 to applying wisdom for relationship paths. To Genesis 29, applying wisdom for what? Come on, everybody. For what? We recognize and acknowledge this. Very important. This message is what? Not historical Hebrew reasoning for multiple spouses. Not talking about that. Okay. This is not the difference between Leah and Rachel. That's not what this message is. Are you with me? This message is not the customs of who married who in fixed marriages. I'm not dealing with that. Everybody all right with that? Thank you but much rather the symbolic truth that speak today to us about relationship paths. A word to the wise, and a wise would choose to obey under the New Testament. I want to break this down in this six points we see from Jacob for men. And we want to unfold five points we see from Rachel to reveal to women. It is in this particular message by the close We all will have a way to meet. We will all have a way to meet for the particular place God wants us to be. Married people included. Somebody say amen. Amen. So here they are. Pull out your Bible. Take a look at it, please. I want you to have your Bible in front of you in order for me to refer to these scriptures. Go to Genesis 29. If you're using by phone, it would prefer that you use the New Living Translation. I know many of us have to scurry shortly, so let's look at this text. It says this. Jacob, when you look at verses 4 and 5, he went to where? He went to where, A, his father's wishes were. He went to where his, come on, man of God. He went to where his father's wishes was. We're going to read Genesis 28 in a minute, but stay there right there, verse 4 and verse 5. Evenly yoked. That's a text that we often throw out when we're dealing with who we're meeting and how we're going to meet. But in this particular passage of scripture, I want you to understand that even back then, there is an understanding of how we can see the principles of God being worked out. So right there in verse 29, I want to read verse 4 and 5. It says in verse uh, 4, Jacob went over to the shepherds and asked, where are you from, my friends? We are from Haran, they answered. That was their original uh, play, one of their places that they were before they left us. They went to Haran. And therefore, here it is. It says, do you know a man there named Leban, the grandson of Nahar, he asked? Flip back to Genesis 28, if you will. 
Can we do a little Bible study? Is that all right? Check this out. So one chapter before, notice what it says. So Isaac, this is Jacob's father. So Isaac called for Jacob, blessed him and said, you must not what? Come on, everybody. You must not what? Any of these Canaanite women. Instead, go at once to the Padanaram, to the house of your grandfather Bethuel, and marry one of your uncle Leban's daughters. May God Almighty bless you and give you many children, and may your descendants multiply and become many nations. May God pass on to you and your descendants the blessings, the promise of Abraham. May you own this and where you are now living as a foreigner for God gave this land to Abraham. So Isaac went, um, sent Jacob away and he went to Padaram to stay with the uncle Levin, his mother's brother, the son of Bethuel of Romania. All I'm trying to get you to understand is that he did what? He went to where his father's wishes were. And he said, no, don't marry these women. So how many understand there are some people to marry? And there are some people not to marry. Quick point. And if you're not supposed to marry them, then perhaps you're not even supposed to date them. You know what? <laughs> Let's keep going. <laughs> to be unevenly yoked or to be even yoked means that you want to be able to have the same values and you want to be able to same God in whom you worship. It's not enough. Listen, it's not enough just to be Christian. Right? What happens when you wake up in the morning and you have shot? Girl, what's wrong with you? Mm-mm. It's not enough to just marry them because they come from the same denomination. Praise God. Oh, I wish I could preach that. Number two about Jacob. Men, are you here? Men, say amen. Amen. He expressed his heart and soul what reached him. Look at verse 11. Men, I don't know if you're getting anything out of this. Man, I'm teaching. You hear me, bro? Thank you. In verse 11, everybody see verse 11? At sundown, he arrived at the good place. Oh, I'm sorry. Back to 29, sorry. I'm hurrying. Then Jacob kissed Rachel and he wept aloud, one scripture says. He wept aloud or he cried. Tears came to his eyes. Are you with me? He, tears came to his eyes. Here's what I want you to understand. Men of God have to be able to express their heart. Doesn't mean that you're all emotional, but if you don't get access to be able to learn how to express your heart and soul, you're going to have an empty or a vacant marriage between you and your spouse. Oh, you will last for a year or two. Oh, if you stay at work long enough, you might be able to avoid some conversations. You know what? If you come in the door and start looking for the spaghetti quickly and then you want to see what's on ESPN 2, 3, 4, and 5, you might be able to make just a five-minute conversation. But sooner or later, 
If you haven't learned how to be expressive in some form or fashion of the five love languages or some kind of way of getting it out, your wife is going to begin to feel empty because she will not know the person in whom she married. This does not happen after I do. You must learn how to express yourself while you're in the midst of examination stage. Amen. Brother Peter, we are preaching up in here. Amen. Listen, number three, men, men of God, say amen. amen. He was in love. He was what? Love. The way you spell love is L-O-V-E. He was in love with the one his heart and soul had found. This is so huge. I don't, I'm, I'm really on the side of men. I, I promise I've been a man a long time. <laughs> I understand that there is flesh and temptations. And I understand that you get sometimes confused, men of a we, not you, me. We get confused sometimes when we look at this thing and we think, that we're fulfilling our eyes and our imaginations. The Bible says he loved her. Now, I know many people preach this so many different ways. I want to say he loved her. He didn't lust her. And the reason this is so vitally important is because love never fails. And love endures. And if love never fails and love endures, after three weeks and he's gone, it could not have been love. That's good stuff. So therefore, he was in love with her in verse 18. I can't go through every verse. Listen. And then he said this. Uh-oh, this is getting even better. We do have to read this. Look at verse 18. Since Jacob was in what? With Rachel, he told her who? He told her what? Father. He told her what? Father, I will work for you for seven years if you give me Rachel, your younger daughter, as my wife. I want everybody to see this. Look at this. Got a couple more minutes on the clock. Look. He said, I will work for her. He said, I will what? I will work for her. Men of God, I'm trying to share with you about relationship paths. Amen. And the relationship passed. This is not a test like, oh, she's a gold digger. Oh, she just think I'm going to take care of her. That's not what this is. This is a litmus test. Because if you're not willing to work for her, I can guarantee you that's not the one that you should be going after. That's a test in you. Why are you going further? And as soon as something comes up where you think you're going to have to work through something, work for something, make some form of say, I will work for her. I want you to understand love will cause you to work for her being after her nice little dress or being after how she walked through and or being after anything else other than oh, because your wife is gone or your girlfriend is gone. And now you look at her. No, 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 no. I will work for you because I have found myself. I want to love you from God Almighty and I will work for you and go through whatever it takes because I desire you and you alone. I mean, I understand that's a good path. Come on up to the music, please. Look at number five. Yes, this is. Oh, wow. Thank you. Look at number five, y'all. Boy, I would get this note. 
You need extra cameras on this one. Take two pictures. <laughs> a way to meet your mate. See Jacob, man. See who? Jacob. How many understand love? Look at this, you all. Love what? Waste. Come on, everybody. Everybody in the house. Love what? Waste. Everybody love what? Waste. How many understand love waits? This is powerful. I told you it was going to end up being very practical. Love does what? I know some of us thinking, Pastor, I've been waiting a long time. Love waits. Listen, love what waits. Let me tell you this. This is Bible. I love it because it's Bible, Sister Tanias. Listen to this. He said, look, he loved this woman. He loved this girl so much. Cause time to pass fast. When you love, time passes fast. How many understand? You know what? I'm going to wait till she graduate. She a freshman right now, but I'm going to wait till she graduate. I'm going to keep working. I'm going to keep doing what I'm supposed to do. Keep on doing. I'm going to wait. My God. How many understand Brother Joshua and Sister Aaron was t- teenage mates? Wait. Just keep on working. Joshua kept on going to school. Aaron kept on going to school. But I tell you what, it wasn't about more than two weeks after they graduated they got together. Why? Because love will wait until the right appointed time. Say love waits. waits. Because when you wait, love causes time to pass what? Time causes, love causes time to pass how? And be your friend. Time is your what? Committed to do what was necessary to have his wife. Verses 27 to 30. He committed to do whatever was necessary. I don't know if y'all know the text. We read it. But when the trick happened, when the what? In order for her to be fulfilled, fully, fully his wife, he had to work 14 years for the wife he desired. <laughs> How many understand you've got to make the commitment that, honey, this isn't for a short, temporary, let's see how it works out. No, we're not going to move in together and we'll see if it works. I am committed. I will go through whatever it takes because I love you. I am committed to it. I wish the married couples would be listening to this council right now. Watch what the women did. I'll read them fast. Number one, women. Women say amen. Amen. She had a purpose and following a position. The Bible says that she came to the well. She came to the what? She came to the well because she was a shepherd. She had a position And she was following her purpose. She wasn't looking. She didn't take extra time to make sure that, you know, her smock or dress was just right so she could walk in like this or her leg could show. She came, she was at, she was, she had a position and she was about her business. Women, I think you ought to say amen. Amen. Look at this word. She ran to her father. Basis of male healthy relationship. This is what Jasmine needs to do, right? Jasmine White, look, ran to her father the basis of a healthy male relationship. Because a male, somebody, maybe your father passed, maybe you never knew your father, but there has to be someone appointed in your life, an uncle, uh, grandpa, grandpa Jethro, uh, whoever, you know what, your bishop, your pastor, somebody that's appointed to be a covering because God designed that women would go from covering to covering 
And therefore it says that she ran to her father. And what happened? Because it was her covering, her authority, and she had a confident male female relationship. You see, when you don't grow up with a male in the house or you don't grow up in healthy male interaction, then you start doing things that might not be what is healthy. So therefore, she ran to him. And what happened as a result? Rachel, the younger, say the younger. This is just straight out of the Bible. Read it. Go back and read it. You see, she saw Jacob first. Scripture says that she saw Jacob first. Now, I'm not talking about Leah, but Leah lacked confidence. And as a result of Leah lacking confidence, she wasn't even active. <laughs> Rachel was out there doing those things. Why? Jacob, this, I'm sorry. She appeared to Jacob first. B, she was what? C, she was attractive. And that attractiveness, I don't want to just, just go by that was, you know, she was beautiful and her figure was nice. No, no, no. How I many understand if she was active? I just was doing a, um, a research on something the other day, and it was talking about when people are in their element and doing what they're supposed to do, I'll use Sister Anna's words. There is nothing more beautiful than seeing somebody that are being the best they can be. When you are being the best you can be and got everything right, I'm not talking about just you have to have on a bunch of makeup and all the right clothes. I'm talking about, honey, you nice, you look like you talk nice, you're sweet, you're gentle, you're kind. When you serve, you have a willing heart, you're open-hearted, you communicate well, you're not flirtatious, you're beautiful. And that's when you can understand that you're active and you're attractive. Somebody say amen. amen. I like this part. D, she accepted his affection. Now, the Bible says he kissed her. Make sure you understand this. This wasn't he just launched into her. No, 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 no. That's not what it is. He wept because he had arrived to where his family was. He arrived. This is them. Oh, man, this is who my father. Y'all still. He arrived to where my father. This was, Remember, he blessed Abraham. Um, he blessed him, says, look, go there to the land. And when he kissed her, like, man, this is my cousin. This is like my family. This is them. God is fulfilling everything that he said. Even when I was just back there and I had that rock under my head and I had that dream of the stairwell. All of this is coming to pass. God is being so good to me. God is blessing me. God is pouring out his love on me. I don't even deserve it. I stole this from my brother. And yet God is still blessing me. I want you to understand. It's not about what you do wrong. It's about how right God is. And he has not forgotten you. He sees that you've been praying. He sees that you've been waiting. He knows that you're being active. You're attractive. You're confident. But don't understand. But do understand this. God's not late. God knows how to get you exactly who's coming right on time. Listen, stand to your feet. Number four is that he reserved for who is preferred. Her brother said, her, her father said this. Her father said, look, you know what? I would rather you marry her than anybody else. I would rather what? You marry her than what? That means that her father preferred him more than anybody else. And how many understand the heavenly father prefers the one that's meant for you? 
Last point. Rachel is quieted. She remains out of the scene while others got married before her. Leah got slipped in instead of Rachel. You never hear about how Rachel felt. You never see her go off. You never see her with rolling her eyes. All you know is that Leah got married and got the husband she wanted. And look, others got married before her, but she just remained what? Look what B says, submitted and respected her father relationship. And C, hear nothing from her since earlier in the text. I know that it could be so troublesome, women of God. But if we look at Rachel, we learn this on the path of relationship. Jesus Christ is the symbol of Jacob in the text. Because Jacob, because in chapter 24 with Rebekah, and because of Moses' wife, all of them met at a well. I want you to understand, therefore, in John chapter 4, Jesus, the great man that he is, he waits at another well called Jacob's well. And he waited on a woman of God to come to the well. I told you that you can't live in marriage empty. You can't live in marriage dry. You can't even live single empty. You can't be single dry. Jesus gives us this message that the only way to quench your thirst, the only way to be able to endure, the only way to be refreshed and renewed in relationships and in the path is that you've got to meet him at the well. The greatest person at the well is not a husband or a wife, but Jesus Christ. He is the man. And as a result of him being the man, he will make you a man. He will make you a woman that will be able to endure because it's on the relationship path that you meet Jesus. Everybody say amen.